All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios, like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else, from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hello, friend. This is an episode of Note to Self, but from when we used to be called New Tech City. Same good content, just the old name. Enjoy. Yeah, can, we, can I just can I just rudely interrupt and ask, is Amy real? Like, is this all some kind of secret plot? Like, is it, does she exist? So that's the real question. What do you think? From WNYC, this is New Tech City, where digital gets personal. I'm your host, Manoush Samarodi. And what you just heard is the sound of my producer, Alex Goldmark, putting his dear friends through something like a Turing test, you know, to see if they could tell man from machine. Because this week's show is about a robot personal assistant. My fantasy come true? Maybe. She's not Siri, but her name is Amy. Amy Ingram, to be exact. And Alex talks to her through email. Hi, Amy. Can you schedule group events for me? I have several friends I want to meet all at the same time at the same place. Can you handle that? Alex. Hi, Alex. I absolutely can schedule a meeting with multiple participants. But right now, I can only schedule up to five participants max. CC me in, and I'll make sure you and your four friends meet. Looking forward to scheduling your next meeting. Amy. The dramatic readings you'll hear throughout this show are actual transcripts of email exchanges between Alex and his digital personal assistant, Amy. And Alex is here now in the studio. Hi, Hi Alex. <laughs> okay, so Alex, explain very simply what Amy does. Amy is all about scheduling. You don't push buttons. You don't have an app to control her. You just ask her to schedule a meeting in plain English, through email. And then she is supposed to figure it out like a human would. Right. And the reason we decided to test her out is because, I don't know, I just thought it would be so weird to have a machine emailing my friends to make appointments for me Mm. while pretending to be a human. Weird and maybe wonderful. (laughs) But I have so many different calendars on different browsers. And right now, Amy only works with Google So I gave up on Amy. Yeah, but I use a Google Calendar, so it was totally fine by me. And I was excited to see what would happen when I would put artificial intelligence between me and all the people in my life who I actually wanted to see face-to-face. So when we think of digital personal assistance, the first thing that usually comes to mind is Apple's Siri. Amy is different. Dennis Mortensen is Amy's dad, her creator. He's the founder of a company called X.ai, and he made Amy a specialist. We want to create this personal assistant that can do not a hundred things, but just one thing, but that one thing really well. And that's going to be one of being able to schedule a meeting with another human being. The way he sees it, scheduling a meeting is an obsolete 20th century chore. I think it's inevitable that we'll reach that point in time where 
we simply cannot allow you to do a task as simple as this and spend your very valuable time on that. To him, robots should get all the tedious, repetitive jobs so that humans are freed up to do the more human things. And that was exactly what John Lair, one of the first beta testers of Amy, was looking for. I'm just really grateful that I can have that time back now to be productive and not be doing just mundane tasks that are adding zero value to, to my company. I've been in heaven, honestly. John is the CEO of a tech startup called Workbench here in New York. Yeah, so I think in a typical week, I probably uh, try to schedule about 25 meetings. And, he used to uh, spend about two hours a day scheduling meetings. I'd started out just doing them as they came and then realized I had to batch them. This was just killing my entire productivity for the day. John's batching, it really wasn't working. It consisted of saving all his scheduling emails to do at once at night after his wife went to bed. I was literally in the midst of just hell because I was scheduling my meetings from like midnight to 2 a.m. every night. and just trying But his company is still small. It's not really in the budget to hire a full-time PA. So he looks for part-time help, remote help, someone in India, and nothing is ideal. So then he gets a call from Dennis Mortensen of X.AI telling him to try out Amy. When Dennis basically sent me the instructions, it was add her to your calendar rights uh, to view stuff and add, and then basically cc amynext.ai. I I first thought in my head, are you kidding me? Because it can't be that easy. Where's the integration? Or is there some plug-in or something? And uh, he said, no, just do it and let me know what you think. In other words, John should just cc Amy's email address when he's writing to his clients about a meeting. And then she just picks it up from there. So I started doing it. And uh, I mean, (laughs) invites started coming. It really, during the day, literally, if I was walking to get Starbucks or something, I could have shoot off four responses. Hey, yeah, Emil schedule, Emil schedule. In the beginning, when I first started using it, I would say, hey, could Amy, could you please schedule a 30-minute meeting at Workbench? But over time, the cool part is, the, after enough of my default behaviors were kind of set in, I no longer had to say that, and I just had to say, Amy, can you schedule this? Amy learned to suggest 30-minute meetings by phone if possible and using the same conference call dial-in each time. How Amy understands and learns is pretty fascinating. So a while back, we did an episode about how self-driving cars get better at driving themselves. And the answer is by observing how a person drives it, when we brake, when we speed up, and then the car copies that behavior. It's pretty much the same thing with Amy. She started with basic code, But here's how she improves. It turns out she has a teacher, a human teacher. Um, I'm an AI trainer at x.ai. So I am trying to help Amy, our artificial intelligence uh, personal assistant, learn how to schedule meetings. Lainey Caldwell is an artificial intelligence trainer. And this is her first job, Manu. She just graduated from Brown this year. God, like 10 years ago, an Ivy League grad might have taken an actual personal assistant job. Now she mentors a robot one. And I got to sit down with her at the x.ai office to look over her shoulder as she showed Amy how to be human. So we are looking at a brand new meeting has come in. This is what Amy is about to send, and it's it's on your screen to approve it and be like, yep, cool, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Def- yeah, so she has a response all ready to go, and it's just making sure that that is totally accurate and exactly what we would want to send. Lainey deals with the hard cases, stepping in to respond to those peculiar human moments that come with scheduling. Like if someone makes a side comment about the weather or there's a typo, 
time zone conflicts that require someone to wake up early or someone else to stay up late, and it has to be negotiated. And all the while, Amy's machine brain is looking for patterns in Lainey's behavior and her responses. And then the algorithm, it adjusts, and Amy is a little better at her job than before. She grows up a little. Okay, so, so far we've heard from the developers making Amy, improving Amy, and then we've heard from people using her, Alex and our friend John. But what about the people on the receiving end? Do they even realize that Amy is a digital assistant? And if they do, how do they feel about being pawned off to artificial intelligence? I really felt like I'd fallen down the rabbit hole and I was just waiting for, like, the magic to be revealed. That's coming up. Last week's show was part two of our episodes on gamers. I loved last week's show because I got to spend the day with the first varsity video game squad in the nation. They are at Robert Morris University in Chicago. These players get scholarships for playing League of Legends, and you'd think they'd be super happy about this, but some of them are finding it, you know, it's tough playing video games for over five hours a day. And we got some mixed reaction on Twitter. Linda Thompson summed up the most common response. She wrote us just... For real? Yeah, for real, Linda. Hawk Films also on Twitter joked that his son asked if the e-athletes got to take fake classes. I guess you mean like rocks for jocks or something? I don't know, Hawk Films. These players seemed pretty smart. Will Noyes was more positive. He called the video game scholarships outside-the-box thinking. If you have a different take on esports, as they're called, and our coverage of it, hit us up on Twitter. We're at New Tech City, or you can always email us, newtechcity at wnyc.org. We're back. This is New Tech City. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and we're talking about Amy, a new kind of digital assistant. We're talking with New Tech City producer Alex Goldmark. Hi, Manish. Hey. Okay, so, you know, Alex, that guy John we heard from earlier who's testing out Amy, here's the thing. He works in tech. He works with startup people, the kind of people who don't think it's bougie or self-important to have to deal with a robot to set up a time to talk to you. No, he got street cred for using one. Right. But you were pretty sure that your inner circle would not be as forgiving, and you wanted to test her out first. Well, so my first instinct was actually... I don't know how this is going to work and I don't trust it, so I can't use it on any person that I actually want to have a meeting with because the robot could be rude. They could mess it up. What will happen? So my first one was to do it with my girlfriend as a test somewhere where if Amy was totally rude, it wouldn't really matter. I would just explain it. Liza. Yeah. And how did she react to that? She thought it was really weird that I was using a personal assistant to invite her for coffee. But then I also sent her another email that said, I'm testing something out for the show. Please try to break this. Hi, Liza. Happy to get something on the calendar for you and Alex. Alex is not available at 6 a.m. on Monday, August 11th. Are you available on Friday, August 15th at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time? Alternatively, Alex is available on Friday, August 15th at 10 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. Amy. Basically, she went back and forth, Liza trying to, to force her into my preferences, and Liza was intentionally making sure she would never consent to them. Poor Amy. She's just trying to do her job, Alex. (laughs) But... I'm not alone, right? Amy's creator, Dennis Mortensen, he says that trying to break a robot is a natural human reaction. It is interesting, isn't it? Because I know now that what you did is very normal. 
I did not know six months ago. See, Dennis Mortensen, he's trying to build artificial intelligence that behaves like a human, right? And so this interesting thing happens. In the process, he is learning a whole lot about human behavior when he releases Amy into the wild. So let's say we had hired an actual, real assistant. Your first thought would not be one of, today before noon, I need to make her cry. That is my mission in life. It is just not. But for some reason, when you know this is a machine, the impulse is, I'm going to make her cry come noon today, well, no later. But I know she and if not, have tears. I saw it, just wanted to it, break Exactly. Her. And uh, when you know that, there is this impulse to see where is that boundary? Is she going to surrender? You know what this reminds me of? I was talking to a mutual friend of ours, actually, and she was saying how upset she felt that her son was using her phone to taunt Siri. And I totally know, like, my son and my husband. Meaning like, it, would, it would, like, yell, like bring up Siri and then, like, yell things at Siri. Yell things at her or ask her dumb questions or mock her or my son calls her stupid. And I don't – I agree with him, but I don't know why I feel uncomfortable with it. And I think it's partly because I don't like thinking that my son can be cruel about something – whether it's real or not. It's sort of about putting out good karma into the world and making sure that we're at a certain level of civilized discourse. Is that yeah. too, like, but why did, Why do I care? It's a robot. She doesn't care, so why do I? It is weird that using a robot personal assistant does somehow lead you to philosophical questions about ethics and morals. Because Siri acts like a person. Because I saw the movie Her. If it acts human, we treat it like a human. Right. Which makes me think that maybe I would do better with a digital assistant that had no human qualities so I could use it and abuse it and feel absolutely no guilt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but that's not what Dennis Mortensen envisioned. No. He didn't want to create a computer program that people had to learn to use. Like I had to learn how my calendar works. I have to learn how to use an app every time I download it. Right. He wants it so that everyone can just use it. And everybody already knows how to send an email and say, let's meet Tuesday. So if Amy doesn't come across as human, then you might not know the right way to try and ask it for a meeting. So as a product, Dennis, Amy's creator, is jumping through hoops to help her understand natural human emails. All the lies humans will tell, you might just call that ambiguity, is something which we need to train on. So you'll say something which you think is honest, such as sending me an email, say, last night at 2 a.m., and you'll say, Dennis, can we push that meeting tomorrow 15 minutes? That is obviously untrue. You're just up late. So when you say tomorrow, you mean today. That's a lie. And I need to be able to understand that lie and a thousand like it. So Amy needs to understand semantics, that when I write, catch you later, that doesn't mean that I will literally come and catch you. (laughs) I hope not. And this point about language, it brings us back to the Turing test. Mathematician Alan Turing came up with his test in 1950, an experiment to see whether a machine could indeed convince a person that it was human too, kind of like what Amy with her friendly and efficient emails hopes to do. And so we're living in this world where the Turing test is now this essential skill for navigating 21st century life. Our guard is up. 
Brian Christian is a science writer, and he's author of the book The Most Human Human, What Artificial Intelligence Teaches Us About Being Alive. And he says email, it's the contemporary battleground of the Turing test. We are engaged in dozens of Turing tests a day. Every time you read an email, you know, if you get an email from a close friend that says, hey, check out this really exciting Russian pharmaceuticals website that's got these crazy discounts, you know, your, your reaction to your friend is not going to be to say, hey, you might want to consult with your doctor on that. No, your, your reaction is going to be, hey, you probably want to change your password. So we're already dealing with artificial intelligence everywhere, from the spam that we get or, you know, when you want to return a pair of pants and you type something into that chat box online. The answer you're getting might actually be from a robot, maybe not a human being. Or if you call into a call center and the person sounds kind of scripted. Whatever you say, they're typing into a computer and then they reply to you whatever it says on their computer screen to say. And so you have, in effect, chatbot software that's just running on a human brain rather than running on a machine. And at this point, Alex, you had sort of sat with Amy, too afraid to use her with your friends for like two months. But after hearing how well she worked for that startup guy, John, you decided to come up with your own Turing test. The big test I did was I posted on Facebook and I said, hello, friends I haven't seen in a while. I want to catch up with you. Yes, you. Let's have drinks. The catch is it has to be scheduled by my personal assistant. I got back five responses of people who wanted to do it. And I asked Amy by email, how many people can you schedule a meeting for? And she said, right now my limit is five, which is really hard, by the way, to schedule a meeting of five busy people for drinks. And, you know, so I said, great, Amy, I would like to have a meeting with five people. And I did it in the most annoying way possible. (laughs) First, I said, I want to have a meeting with these two people. And I picked my friend's. Sally and Callie. And then later a friend Trudy, a friend Mike, and a friend Marlon, they all added in. And so like one by one, I kept saying to Amy, can you please add these people? Can you please add these people? And so I told Amy, and she understood this, as soon as you have three people who can do it at one time, book it. And just to be clear, you did not tell any of your friends that Amy was a robot, that she was your digital personal assistant, because this was the part of seeing if they could tell, right? Correct. And the first friend I pulled aside, Trudy Chan, She was like an expert, actually, as it turned out. As I was an executive assistant for a little while, so I don't, I completely understand what it's like. So, okay, this is great. You, as a former personal assistant, what did you think of Amy? Um, I thought she was efficient. I don't know. There was not much, actually, there was not much to go on, to be honest with you. It was very um, to the point, curt which is fine with me because I don't mind that at all. I, you know, I, I like efficiency. Um, it, you know, just kind of... Did anything seem out of the ordinary with her? You, you can be honest. It would be well, nice. Maybe because there was nothing personal. Was it a complete robot? <laughs> was it a completely automated robot, Amy? Yeah. Um, but now that you say it like that, <laughs> it makes me... <laughs> Rethink my whole interaction. Yeah, there wasn't much, so um, maybe that. So, could you tell that she was a robot? No, I couldn't tell. I feel like sometimes people think I'm a robot. Haha, score one for Amy. Now, on to Callie Williams and Sally Hersheps. They started out from the very beginning being skeptical that I would even just have a personal assistant. 
I actually thought it was a joke at first. I thought Alex Goldmark is up to something. I knew you were up to something when I when I got the the personal assistant and email. And at first, I was wondering whether she was real or whether she just existed in the computer or if she was in India or you know where she was and who who this Amy is. <laughs> yeah, can, we, can I just can I just rudely interrupt and ask: Is Amy real? So that's the real question. What do you think? No, I don't think so. I don't think she exists. If she exists, she's the most inefficient. And oh gosh, I'm so sorry. If she does exist, this is not a nice thing to say. I'm sorry, Amy, if you're real. But if she exists, she's like the most inefficient scheduler ever. Sorry. I think she's Siri's long lost sister. Oh my gosh. Is she, is she like a digital personal assistant? So Amy is mostly a robot. Oh my God. That explains it. Okay. I feel so much better. <laughs> Sally got the runaround from Amy, huh? Yeah, the, the reason Sally had such a hard time, it's kind of my fault. I had Amy cancel and reschedule my date with Sally when Callie and the others joined in. So, look, group scheduling, it's not Amy's best feature right now. And one interesting thing is when I told Amy's makers about it and the specific problems I had, yeah. they actually tweaked her algorithm so that, like, that specific problem will presumably not happen again. It's just so hard to find good machine help these days, Alex. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Manoush. That was New Tech City producer Alex Goldmark confusing his friends. They weren't sure if his digital assistant Amy was a robot or a real live person. And that makes Dennis, Amy's creator, happy. So I actually do like this idea of there being just a little bit of a doubt. Was was this real? Was this human Amy or not? Dennis says when people aren't sure if Amy is a human or not, they write longer email responses to her, and they're kinder. In fact, so many people were writing emails to Amy with phrases like, thanks, Amy, sounds good, great job, Amy, that the coders updated Amy to recognize human gratitude. Sometimes she even responds, no problem, happy to help. Alex, by the way, has decided to keep using Amy, but just for business appointments. He kind of likes going back and forth with his friends and emails. As for me, once Amy integrates with more calendars, I think I'm going to try her out too. If having a digital assistant means I can get home to have dinner with the kids more often, then robot awkwardness will be worth it. Would you use Amy? Or is she just too ridiculous? If you have trouble delegating to people, do you think it would be easier to just delegate to a machine? I would love to hear from you at newtechcity at wnyc.org or on my Facebook page or leave a comment at newtechcity.org. Next week, I talk to someone whose job might be in jeopardy because of all of this automation. It's my personal trainer. You can't replicate having the person in front of you watching everything you're doing factor. Until you can get a holographic image coming out of your phone of a person like pointing and yelling at you. Okay, don't judge. Subscribe so you don't miss my TMI on New Tech City, all right? Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you and podcasts are getting together. And if you like New Tech City, won't you please rate us? The human touch means a lot for this little podcast, so we really appreciate your reviews, too. Till next week, I'm Anoush Samarodi, and this is New Tech City.
I say, fantastic. I've seen in Amy. She'll find some time. You immediately reply, great. I've seen in John. What if John is Amy? Who the hell is she talking to? She's talking to herself. We probably reached scheduling nirvana of sorts.